You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join your hosts, Michael and Jenna, as they discuss all things ORAU through interviews with our experts who provide innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers. They'll talk about ORAU's storied history, how we're impacting an ever-changing world, and our commitment to our community. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Good morning and welcome to this edition of the Further Together podcast. I'm Michael Holtz here in the Communications and Marketing Department at ORAU with my colleague and co-host, Jenna. Good morning. How's it going? It's it's going. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually good. It's early, but it's good. And Absolutely. I'm excited about today's episode. Today so. is an exciting episode. We have the wonderful, luminous Dr. <laughs> Jim Vosberg, director of ORISE here Um and Jim, good morning. Welcome. Good morning. This is awesome. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we're, we're glad excited. to have you. Absolutely. So, Jim, tell us a little bit, a little bit about you. Who is Jim Bosberg? Okay, um, it's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Choose wisely. I'm just a, um, just a blue collar kid from Western New York, basically. Um, grew up in New York. Uh, went into the Air Force and then took off with my career from there. So, you know, if you want to kind of talk through that or not. Sure, absolutely. Well, I'm seeing a Vanderbilt uh, a little key lanyard ring thing. Yeah, lanyard yeah. on here. So, yeah. I don't know how we feel about that. We're in, you <laughs> We're know. In UT yeah. Yeah, it's tough to be a Vanderbilt fan in East Tennessee, that's for sure. <laughs> anyway. I got there eventually, but uh, yeah, I can kind of walk you through my career process yeah. and how Please I got do, to be yeah. the director here, and we talk about the program a little bit. But uh, uh, it was a little disjointed my career. Uh, I started out in law enforcement. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Huh. Uh, I was a police officer in the Air Force initially, right out of high school, and after that, got out and became a deputy sheriff in upstate New York. And then a deputy sheriff in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Really? And I had I, no idea. No right? idea. Most okay. people don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got smart. I realized people were trying to hurt me. <laughs> so <laughs> I better go get an education and do something different. So um, honestly, I, I ended up with the federal government with the Department of Energy. I started my career as a federal agent with the Department of Energy, uh, dealing with nuclear security, transportation, big program in DOE most people don't know about. Um, so it was mostly law enforcement up until the point where I transitioned with DOE over to a training uh, type process in education where okay. I was training federal agents. Yeah. Um, so that got me into the education area, went back to school on the GI Bill, got my undergrad degree in education, got an MBA after that. And then you mentioned Vanderbilt, John. Mm -hmm. Ended up getting accepted at Vandy's doctoral program and finished that up in the late 90s. So. Um, I ended up basically coming back to Oak Ridge from Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I was working for the Office of Secure Transportation. I came back here and focused more on the federal side on safety and health and environmental programs, okay. right up the street at the federal building. Sure, okay. um, so the people that we work for here in Oak Ridge on the DOE side, most of those were co-workers of mine okay. and uh, people I have a lot of respect for. So. Um, Honestly, I had no intention of um, staying in this kind of business, but I was going to go work for another law enforcement type company when I retired from the federal government. But I got a call from our CEO who got a tip from somebody in the company that I might be interested in uh, 
this job as a director of O-Rise, and I'd never met Andy Page before. Uh -huh. gotcha. So he flew me out here, and he brought me into the conference room, and uh, with all the senior people in there having lunch together, I didn't know any of them. So basically, <laughs> it was a job interview uh -huh. over lunch. With a group. With a, a huge group. <laughs> a huge group. Yeah. All the big dogs that are upstairs right now. So it was fun. You know, Andy called me later on. He said, hey, I want you to come bid on this contract for the O-Rise director position. So the only problem is you've got to be here in three weeks. Mm. Now, as a Fed, you usually glide path out of retirement, mm -hmm. right? Right. Takes a year, two years, you kind of think about it. Um, I told my boss, I said, i got to be gone in three weeks. I'm <laughs> re early retiring. Right. <laughs> Came out here, took a chance on Andy. He took a chance on me, and it turned out great. So, the, you know, we won the O-Rise contract, and I can talk a little bit about that as we go on. Yeah. But, sure. Um, this job has been fabulous for me. It's been uh, a combination of everything in my career from, you know, the science side to the safety and health side to education, which is our primary stuff I can talk about a little bit. But uh, what, a, what, a, what a great job to come to, and I have no regrets. Of course, being around people like you has been great. Well, we're lucky to have <laughs> we you. We are lucky Thank to you. have you. So we've, we've mentioned the acronym ORISE. What is ORISE and, and um, what do we do? Right, so for your listeners, ORISE stands for the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education. It's formally been around since 1992. Um, that's when they started ORISE, and there's a long story with that. But our company, Oak Ridge Associated Universities, has been doing this work since the 40s, mm -hmm. right after the Manhattan Project. And because in 92, the Department of Energy saw, well, ORU can't be running the ORU program, they set up an institute. And that's when ORISE was born, if you will. So it is a what we call an integrated contract. Um, it's got very unique functions in it that are very unique to the government um, and to private sector. So um, the biggest one being workforce development. Sure. I can go into a little bit of detail on that. But that's what ORISE stands for. Awesome. Thank you for that. And um, under the ORISE contract, we have these five, we call them PWS areas, the um, performance work statement, statement areas, areas right? right? So talk a little bit about what those are and, and um, a little bit about what we do in those areas. So every government agency, when they issue contracts, they identify performance areas, mm -hmm. and they're called PWS areas, as you mentioned, Michael. We have five in ORISE, one very large performance area, and then four that aren't quite as uh, large. Our biggest one is basically STEM workforce development. Um, what that means is we're in charge of basically identifying and recruiting STEM talent worldwide, not just in the United States. The idea is, as you guys know, STEM fields are booming right now. Mm -hmm. And there's great competition for anybody that's in a STEM field, science, technology, you know, engineering, math. And we have to uh, convince people to come do our programs versus going to work for Google or Amazon right. or something like that. Um, but what it is is we identify these people and offer them internships, if you will. I think your listeners would understand that term. We call them STEM participants. Mm -hmm. But there are people at all different levels of uh, their college program. It could be community college, could be undergraduate, graduate school, or even postdoctoral uh, programs. So we identify them. We place them in national laboratories, DOE national laboratories, and they work alongside a mentor, if you will. Like if you have an internship in college, uh, you have a boss, if you will. It could be for six months. 
a year, two years, and they actually get to work in laboratories doing research. So it's an education and training program uh, that's very unique. And the idea is to make our nation competitive mm -hmm. uh, with the rest of the world. And there's about 10,000 interns under our program right now nationwide. Uh, that's a huge number. It's a huge number. Yeah, and, and they get a glimpse. They're working on, you said, research, and it's real-world research. It's research that's going to be used to, you know, uh, uh, help our nation. And so it's it kind of gives them a glimpse into, you know, what what could be a possible future job, job for them. Path, yeah, and, path. and also meeting mentors and making those connections. And it's, it's really exciting, it actually. Exciting. It's a very cool way to kind of glimpse at, at a future career path and, and what might be possible. It is. I mean, that was well said, Jenna. Basically, it gives them an opportunity to experiment with areas. Mm -hmm. It might be in uh, fossil fuels. It might be in uh, alternative uh, energy out at uh, one of our facilities in Denver. Um, but it allows them a chance to actually get hands-on training. You know, we all went through college and you sit in class and you learn the book stuff. Yeah. But you don't get a chance to actually go into a national laboratory and work with a PhD mentor. And that's why this program is so unique. It gives them a chance to uh, test us mm -hmm. and for us to test them and see if there's a match and mm -hmm. if we want to offer them jobs. Yeah. So very unique. It's the only program, Override is the only program with a sole mission of uh, STEM education and training. Um, so that's our biggest area and that's the focus DOE has primarily on this contract. Okay. And obviously it gets a lot of attention from uh, the political appointees sure. and the politicians all the way up to Secretary of Energy. He mm -hmm. knows about our program too. Um, no pressure then. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He's, a, he's a great guy. I mean, everybody we've dealt with from him to the Deputy Secretary and all, they've just been phenomenally supportive of this program. So it's been, uh, it's been fun being able to pitch it yeah. awesome. and uh, brag about it, if you will. Well, sure. Yeah, absolutely, especially sure. since it's one of a kind. I mean. It is very, very unique, yeah. very unique. Um, but it is it is a competition, if you will. We're competing mm -hmm. with people that are gonna pay these kids, I'm gonna call them, mm -hmm. um, probably more money mm -hmm. uh, working at Google, Amazon, and high-tech companies. But this allows them to go into different areas and to work with a PhD type person. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about that when you're in college, the best you get is you might get an internship in an office and you're making copies for somebody, right? right. Yeah. So you can claim it on your resume, but this is actually, you're doing world changing experiments. Yeah. So. And there are multiple uh, students, participants, if you will, that have gone through the ORISE program and then actually stayed. They were a good fit, like you said, and, and they, um, stayed with their mentor and actually were given jobs, full-time jobs out there completing their research. So Yeah, so that's really an important point because what, uh, what the secretary and the people below him are asking us to do is to show the value of the program. Mm -hmm. So our program right now is looking at doing evaluation longitudinal studies right. on those people you're talking about, mm -hmm. Jenna. Are they staying at these laboratories? Are they staying in STEM fields? or are they going and doing something else? If not, are they going to a STEM career in the private sector? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. The idea is to make sure our nation is competitive um, in the technology areas. But we're, we're working very hard to track where these people are ending up. Mm -hmm. 
and um, showing each one of the facilities the value of the program. And ironically, a lot of them, for instance, one of the facilities in West Virginia and in Pittsburgh, um, they have about a 65% retention rate for their participants, That's these awesome. interns. Yeah. That's really high. Yeah. And they like that. They want them staying there. And there's other national labs that want these individuals to come in, work in their labs, and they purposely want them to go elsewhere mm -hmm. just so they can expand their um, horizons, mm -hmm. work in fossil fuels or other areas, maybe the weapons programs. So it's different philosophies at each one of the DOE national laboratories. Um, but they looked us as kind of the sole provider for these individuals. Mm -hmm. And we, we recruit them from all the, the high-end universities and from international universities that are pretty well-known also. Great. So it's a great program. Yeah. Well, and just sort of to follow on the retention piece, I mean, I, I know some of our longitudinal studies show that whether they stay with the national lab that they started working in or the, the research facility they started working in, Upwards of 96% in some cases stay in the STEM fields in some way, shape, or form. So they, they do. And we're not talking people, you know, like me that had, knows basic science. Mm -hmm. These kids are brilliant, most right. of them. If you go to one of what we call the poster sessions, they actually present what they've been working on that summer or for the past year. And it is just phenomenally impressive how smart these kids are and what kind of research they're doing. I keep calling them kids, I guess that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them are in their 20s, 20s to early 30s, those kids. Um, but just brilliant. And they're really excited about the STEM field and mm -hmm. what they're doing, whether it's in environmental or whether it's in uh, physics uh, and so on. So they do, most of them do stay in STEM areas. And we're very pleased to see that they're not bolting for the money. They're not right. going to the big tech companies. They want to be engaged and they want to know what they're doing is meaningful. Yeah, making right. a difference. Making a difference. Yeah. So that is the key to this generation coming up right now. Absolutely. Is they having an impact or not. Mm -hmm. um, took us a while to realize that. So that's part of our recruiting process, yeah. showing the value of the national right. laboratories. Absolutely. Well, and, and you talked about poster sessions. I mean, they're getting published while they're doing research, which you wouldn't be doing if you're making internship. copies, yeah. you know, as yeah. an intern somewhere else. It's so. exactly right. And that's one of the things they mention. They say, hey, look at my name's on the mm -hmm. on this research at the end, but it's right. on there. It's yeah. on there, absolutely. Right. It counts. Yeah, it's, okay. it's just an exciting program. Great. And, and growing, too. Right, right. Because right. I know you're working on potentially we're all well we're always working on potentially other business so you know yeah, right. always hoping to bring more people to the party mm -hmm. well one of the one of the things DOE has asked me to do and the whole program is to do outreach mm -hmm. to uh, other national laboratories so we've really focused on that the last year we've gone to a number of national labs most of them kind of heard about us or they okay. knew a piece of it they knew about the stem programs they didn't know the other four performance areas or they hadn't uh, thought about the value added to us versus doing it mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. So that outreach is getting legs right now. We're getting additional uh, interest in the ORISE program. And that's, that's what it's there for. And that's something I report to the DOE leadership, how the outreach efforts mm -hmm. are going and what impacts it's having. Great. Excellent. So you mentioned the other four PWS yep. areas. Yep. Let's cover those briefly. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. sure. So um, one of the other ones is scientific peer review. And basically, this is uh, 
We are the intermediaries between government and money, an agency that wants to give money for research, and people out there that want money <laughs> to do research. Mm -hmm. So you just can't give it to them. There has to be a formal process through the government that they can show they're doing their due diligence mm -hmm. um, to basically determine who's worthy of getting the funding. So peer review is a significantly formal process. They bring in experts in whatever given area, whether it's nuclear engineering or environmental engineering, and we actually have a database of about 17,000 subject matter experts that we can call upon to do peer reviews. Now, why would somebody do a peer review? It isn't for the money. Mm -hmm. You know, I think right. we pay them 100 bucks or mm -hmm. something like that. But it's, what we're finding is it's for the betterment of their, uh, their field, whether mm -hmm. it's physics, yeah. environment, and otherwise. And plus, they get to put it on their curriculum vita, but uh, <laughs> sure. that's a value. But um, I didn't know how formalized the process was until I went through it. Mm -hmm. I sat down and went through one one time where I was working on something called PeerNet. Mm -hmm. That's the program we use to do the evaluations or the SMEs use. And uh, then they score them. They'll score all the research submittals, and uh, then the government makes a final decision on who gets the funding, and they, they're given the funding, and they manage it after that. But we are the independent group that does that for the Department of Energy and other agencies, and even for state agencies, mm -hmm. um, are very good at it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that's really important under the performance area. And this is something that DOE scores us very highly on every year when we get our scorecard, right, right. our uh, report card, if you will. So scientific peer review is the second one. Our third area is extremely unique, and it's one of a kind. It's uh, the Radiation Emergency Assistance mm -hmm. Program and training site. So what this is, it's located here in Oak Ridge, uh, Tennessee, and it provides 24-7 response for any kind of radiation emergency nationwide or worldwide. Right. Um, basically, we have two medical doctors on staff, Dr. Carol Edens, who's our director, and uh, a former director that's on call also. We've got nurses, health physicists, and experts that can get um, on a phone, if you will, if somebody thinks I've been exposed to mm -hmm. um, radiation or other, uh, uh, other exposure and basically help them make determinations. Mm -hmm. Or they can actually be activated. They'll be activated somewhere to a site. They also work with other government and state agencies on exercises. Mm -hmm. You know, radiation emergency exercises where they go out in the field, set up tents, and actually do the triage. Um, the really cool thing they do is training classes. Mm -hmm. And they do training classes both here in Oak Ridge and internationally right. uh, to teach um, emergency response from medical uh, radiation exposure. Um, people come from all over the world here. What and kind I, of people usually attend those classes? Great question. So it's anywhere from medical people uh -huh. mm -hmm. to emergency response personnel, okay. fire departments. Um, I was, I tell the story, I was on a plane from uh, Albuquerque to Dallas, and I was sitting next to a guy I was talking to, and he, I said, where are you going? He said, well, I'm flying to East Tennessee. He said, I'm going to a place called Oak Ridge. He goes, do you know where that is? I go, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> kind of wise. <laughs> And he said, I'm going to React's place, and uh, <laughs> so I'm taking a training really? class. I said, well, oh, really? I said, where are you from? And he goes, well, I'm from the United Arab Emirates. He worked oh, for Aramco. Oh, wow. And I said, how did you find out about that? He goes, oh, React is known all over the world right now. How cool. Yeah. 
I said, well, I'm Jim Bosper. Here's my business card. And he goes, oh, okay. I know who you are. <laughs> nice. So we, we shared email addresses. I said, please email me and tell me how the class went. Yes. And he did. He said it was just phenomenal, one of the best he ever had. So that's the kind of touch we have in that program, not only people internationally coming here, mm -hmm. but Dr. Idens and her team uh, go all over the world. Yeah. You know, they've been to Estonia. They, they've been to Russia. And uh, they basically teach classes for people that need a mostly military uh, mm -hmm. response. Mm -hmm. But um, it is such a unique program, one of a kind, and it's an area that's really expanding. So Great. Yeah. Um, the, the fourth area is uh, we call it our health program. We keep databases uh, for people that have been exposed to radiation, beryllium, and other things. I mean, there's millions of names in there. Mm -hmm. My name's in one of the databases because <laughs> of my former job. Sure. But that's available for people that are doing research or for politicians. They'll call us and say, I've got a FOIA request and mm -hmm. um, I need some data. So we do quick turnaround, keep those updated, and they're available to anybody. And our fifth area is very small but very important. It's called independent verification. And what does that mean? It means they go out and verify the cleanup sites uh, that are former DOE facilities have been cleaned up to be able to be released to the public for parks or for developments. Very important. Yeah. yeah, and it's independent in that we don't do any cleanup work. All we do is do the verification. Right. So there's okay. basically a wall between that. Mm -hmm. So those are the five performance areas. The biggest one is the first one, Michael, you had mentioned that was the whole STEM WD program. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Great. Very busy. Very busy, <laughs> right. Five PWS areas. <laughs> No matter how big they, how big or small they are. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I always say I want to have just one boring day in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had one yet. <laughs> I don't know. I bet you have one boring day, and then you're like, give me the chaos right back again. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that kind of covers everything. Jim, is there anything else that you want to want to make sure people understand about Arise? And, I think I, I would be remiss in not pitching our website. Yeah. Absolutely. I have to do that everywhere because we're, uh, we've redone our entire website. To anybody listening to this, just Google Arise and, and it'll pop up. Uh, it's been refreshed over the last year thanks to your team. Mm -hmm. And it's very interactive and it's uh, the one thing that our customer looks at. Mm -hmm. They're not on social media, but they're always <laughs> saying, hey, I notice you're keeping it fresh <laughs> on the website, yeah. changing things up. And then we highlight the STEM people we were Absolutely. talking about. Mm -hmm. We highlight them and things going on in the program. So it's, um, yeah, I would pitch the website okay. or social mm -hmm. media. Yeah. So if yeah. someone's listening and, you know, they're uh, a student and they're interested in seeing if they fit in one of these WD programs, um, the website is the place to tell them to go. And, and the website is, is nice where you can kind of choose your path. You know, we were talking... You have all of these uh, performance areas, and so sometimes it's a little confusing about which way I go, but the website's great up at the top. You can choose self-identify yep, who can. you are, and then it kind of funnels you to the correct information. So exactly. the same yeah. thing to be said if you're interested in IV work, independent Absolutely. verification work, visit the website, and there's more information and contact info, correct? Correct. I mean, you guys designed it very user-friendly, <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically... Get past all the fluff. Yeah. Go right, right to where you need. Yeah. So if it's one of those students, Jen, that you're talking about, mm -hmm. they can just go into workforce development, do a pull down, see where the programs are, what's open right now. Great. Um, also, uh, our Twitter account, Facebook account, and all that are advertising 
these programs all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. What's coming open, what's available to them. Okay. Um, so that's the point. We never get. we never have a shortage of content, right? <laughs> <laughs> which is a great thing. Yeah. And, and according to DOE, I'm supposed to be available 24-7, so anybody listening can call me. <laughs> <laughs> Do not email me. I get to the email. <laughs> that's good to know. Call My number's Jim on the Boston. website. I have a workforce <laughs> development question at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call Jim. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you thank for you being so here. Much. This was great. Very fun. Very yeah. fun. And Thanks, Look Jim. forward to hearing more about ORISE and how other, it grows. Absolutely. And, you other know. programs. Yeah, exactly. Little deeper dives. So sure. Thank you so much. Thanks You're welcome. Again. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU, and on Instagram at ORAU Together.